Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. Thank you so much for being here today. Before we get started, I actually have a favor to ask of you. So wherever it is that you are listening to this episode, I want you to take a screenshot. And with that screenshot, I want you to post it on your social media tag us here at a God shift. And then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. Why do I do that? I'm not one of those people that I really don't care about the number of downloads. I honestly can't tell you the exact number of downloads this show has even had, but I do care about people being able to find hope on the other side of what it is that they're going through. I do care about bringing people closer to God and growing the kingdom. And so the more times these episodes are shared, the more all of us can do our part to make sure that happens. So I'm really excited about interviewing my guest today. I know that we're going to have some gems that will be shared. So I'm going to read his bio and then we're going to get right to it. My guest today is the award-winning director of six feature films, Patterns of Evidence, Mount Sinai 1 and 2, Patterns of Evidence, The Red Sea Miracle 1 and 2, Patterns of Evidence, The Moses Controversy, and Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus. He is the founder of Thinking Man Films and Media, a Minneapolis, Minnesota-based international documentary and publishing company. He has spent almost 20 years exploring some of the biggest questions of the Bible and what they mean for our world today. His insatiable curiosity led him on a journey across the world, interviewing some of the world's leading Bible scholars archaeologists, and historians to seek answers. What he's uncovered is an amazing pattern of evidence that matches the events recorded in the Bible. I can't wait to maybe hear about some of this, but I want to welcome to the show Tim Mahoney. Well, thank you for having me very much. I'm glad you're here. So, Tim, before we get started, um, I want to just hear a little bit about what you do. I know you record a lot of films, but I'm sure there's probably other ways you show up in the world. Yeah, um, well, uh, I am a I am a, a husband, a father of uh, four grown children and eight grandchildren. We have now, uh, so I'm very happy to have family, and I think that's one of the things that uh, you, when you're pursuing a career like you know being an author or uh, a writer or a musician, uh, oftentimes the balance is always the issue. You know, can I, you know, can I balance out this career goal? And, um, you know, how am I going to pay the bills? Uh, and for me, being a filmmaker, it's taken an entire life. I mean, I was I was like 19 years old when, uh, you know, in that younger age when I started thinking about becoming a filmmaker. And uh, it's been a long process. And along the way, um, I actually just wrote an article about this. Uh, I think there are things that God's called us to do, but there are also uh, issues that relate to our own family that we need to basically be responsible for. So that's yeah. one of the big things that I've been, you know, trying to be better at. I'll put it that way. 
Awesome. Well, Tim, this show is called A God Shift, and it's a very clever name, but most people have no idea what a God Shift is. So I want to define it so that it can actually give some context for some of the conversation that we're going to have today. So my definition of a podcast, of a podcast, see, we're already off to a great start today. My definition of a God shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose, but then it moves you into greater dimensions of possibility. And I believe that God allows disruption. He allows unexpected circumstances, sometimes tough times, to occur in our lives in order to be able to get our attention and invite us into the life that he actually has planned for us. So I'm curious along your journey, Tim, if you can think of a time that you've actually had to overcome a disruption in order to be able to get to where it is that you are today. Well, that's a great um, concept. And I think it's a really important one. And uh, I'm going to share with you, I started thinking about a God shift moment too in the last year. And I'm and as I was examining even making this film, Moses was out tending his the sheep. You know, he had been a shepherd for 40 years, and then he saw a burning bush. Yeah. And that for him was a God shift. Uh and when and he goes over to it and he goes, What is going on here? And then God speaks to him and, and, and tells him to take off his shoes. He's on holy ground, and then he gets this uh you know mission. That he, you know, he's like trying to get out of it, but the guy says, I want you to go back to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let the, the Israelites go. So I've been talking a little bit about a God shift, and I and I like the idea of of that uh terminology. And I was calling it a burning bush moment. You know, we yeah. all have these burning bush moments where we're tending, we're minding our own business, and then God shows up and there's a burning bush there, and we realize that we're on holy ground. And I think for me. The very, you know, there's a couple of different times. One of them was when I met my wife and I had been praying for a spouse uh, because I grew up in a broken home and I didn't, was just terrified of marrying the wrong person. Uh, I wouldn't probably say, you know, it was like I thought about it, but I was very, very concerned. Uh, and um, my father was unfaithful to my mom and I just didn't, I just couldn't tolerate, you know, finding someone that would not be faithful. And, um, and I, I, um, one Sunday morning, uh, I had a friend and he was a, a pastor at a church and, and, uh, I was going there and he had prayed with me, uh, actually late one night about this whole thing and never thought that he hadn't even talked to him about his family. And he, I turned around and he said, Hey, would you like to meet my sister? And I was like, Oh, you have a sister, <laughs> you know? And, uh, uh, and that's when I met my wife, Jill, for the first time. And I just, I was struck by it, by her. And later they asked me to come over to their house and have some pie. And I, I would joke about this and say, well, I liked pie and I kind of liked his sister. And <laughs> that was the beginning of my first God shift, I think, because it's very important, you know, for, it was important for me and from the work that I was going to be doing that I had a wife that was on the team, you know, and that we were together. And it's been a long journey. Uh, and Jill, I came home that night after that uh, evening, and I, I talked to my mom, and, and she she had been in, uh, in a car accident. Uh, and she always had to kind of sleep on a bed elevated with her back, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so I came in there, and I would kneel to pray with my mom and, uh, before I would go to bed, uh, even as an 18, 19-year-old. And I said, Mom... 
And she rose up and she said, you know, I think we really need to pray about this. And she felt it, I felt it, and we prayed. And, and the next morning I asked Jill if she'd go out to run some errands. And the very first errand that we ran was to a film lab because I was working on a project for the college. And so she, my first kind of official date was uh, working in film. And it was so interesting that uh, all how that all came about. And so that's my first God moment, I guess. And um, and it was a special one. And I made a movie recently. Um, I actually had a friend help me make it called The Journey Home. Ah. And The Journey Home is a, a story about the making of, it's really a testimony of what God has done in my own life. And the reason why The Journey Home I think all of us are looking for a place to, to call home, uh, a place that feels safe. And uh, as I, you know, as I was bringing up, my family uh, fell apart. And 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 when we, when I was eleven years old, I was the oldest uh, child, and I have three siblings. My mother and I and our three siblings all had to flee and go hide at relatives because my dad was not well, and mm-hmm. he had threatened to kill my mom, and. Um, so, you know, uh, we were looking for that home, and uh, and for me, it was my grandmother's farm. Um, during that troubled time, I would get uh, I got invited with some other relatives to go down to my grandmother's farm, and I lived in the inner city. And moving to you know, going out to the country, and having the I mean, the air is different. The there's so much uh, beauty. The sky was blue and the clouds were billowing and there were cows and and uh and chickens and it was just a different world and i had cousins there and there was the woods and so for me that um that you know uh question of finding a safe place and i think that that's really what i feel like my relationship with god has been has been uh, a place that is a refuge and i you know that's what for many of us uh uh uh, it's a hiding place that the Lord has for us uh, when the world is pretty crazy. We can come to him. Absolutely. And so anyway, that that uh, those are a couple of thoughts on that. So I'm really curious. You know, I, I believe that, like I said, God uses unexpected circumstances. He uses disruption because it's an invitation. He wants to invite us into more that he has planned for us, more significance but I always say, what are you going to, are you going to see what it is that he needs you to see? Are you going to learn what it is that he wants you to learn? And for many of us, are we going to go where it is that he needs us next? What would you say when you look at the different, you know, trials, disruptions that you had through the course of your life, what would you say you learned during those processes? Um, One of the things is that we can tell ourselves, no, I can't do something often very easily because we just don't try uh and the i think the the fishes and loaves issue you know like when you only have you know you don't have enough to make it go but when you ask the lord and you you say i'm going to give you these fishes and loaves and what what does that mean i'm alluding to the parable or this i mean not the parable but the story of of when jesus uh, they had all these people listening to Jesus, and and they were like, "Hey, they're all hungry." They came a long way, we, and they don't have any food. And he says, "What do we have?" And the little boy gave uh, his fishes and loaves. It was probably I can't remember the exact numbers, but several loaves and and some fishes. And the yeah. Lord blessed them. And then he 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 tore them apart, 
and he the, all the people were fed and then afterwards there was baskets left over yes. um there have been times uh i'll give you an example one off just off the top of my head after i made the first film i've, I've made these different films patterns of evidence and for some people don't know uh, what i do is i go into investigating the bible events of the bible and i look for a pattern that could be found in archaeology and in history and in geography. And uh, I'll go search for that. And I'll, and it's just not me, I'm a filmmaker, but I'll go talk to archaeologists and Egyptologists and Bible scholars and geograph, you know, geographers, and we'll go hunt out, you know, so I travel to Egypt and Jordan, Israel, Saudi Arabia, go to Europe, and I've been able to do that. But after I made this first project, this first film, Exodus, I, I was really concerned about kids and because I would see these young kids coming up and and I could tell they were thinking kids and they had lots of questions. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what if I could make uh, this film for kids? How would I do that? Mm -hmm. And I remember just praying and, and asking God to show me like, and I was trying to write these scripts and um, I just had a little window of time. I felt like I, I needed to do this. You know, I didn't have any any resources in the sense uh, like resources like money. Like someone says, hey, I'll hire you. You do all this and you pay all these people. But I did have equipment and I had an idea and I had a little money of my own. And I decided just to do some testing, you know. And so I uh, had a, had this Egyptologist that came in and we, we went to this uh, mansion and I brought I, I, I found I just found kids and literally Whoever I could find made it into the movie. Uh, and I made this series called Young Explorers. Um, and uh, it was something that just just sort of happened. But I felt that I needed to do that. It was something that had to happen. And sometimes when you're doing those types of things, you almost feel like, am I crazy? Yeah. You know, should I, should I be doing this right now? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and... I just did it. And now I'm very, very thankful because it's a really important that we we made that piece. Uh, and and it's I'm looking now and probably next month and starting to do another one. And it's the same way. I don't really don't have any resources, but I'm gonna get I'm gonna use my grandkids now. Yeah. Uh, because I've got eight of them. And they're the two of them were in the first series. And so we're gonna go to Europe uh and we're gonna go and uh, begin the next adventure with them as the young explorers. And then we'll go explore the next phase of the Bible. So yeah. that's, that's the plan. We're, we're going to take a quick break, but before we do, Tim, you know, what I'm reminded of as I'm hearing you say that is the difference in being interested in being committed. Because if, when we're just interested, you'd say, well, you know what, I really think this is something that I could do, but I don't have the resources. So I guess I'll just wait for, you know, something else to come along, or maybe this isn't what God wants me to do. But when you're committed, that's when the house shows up. That's when the resources show up. That's when the people show up. And so I hope the listeners, as they're listening to this episode, they ask themselves, when it comes to what it is that I desire to do, when it comes to what it is that God is calling me to do, am I interested or am I committed? And I dare say that if the things that you need are not showing up because we know that God will provide and he can stretch a little into a lot, 
that if you're not experiencing that overflow, that it might just be because you're not committed. And so you might want to check, you know, how can you be more committed to not only what it is that you desire, but what it is that God says that you can have as well. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how we respond to these burning bush moments. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right. Welcome back. So before the break, we've been talking about the equivalence, the between um, Moses' burning bush moment and the God shift moments that we have in our lives as well. And I believe, Tim, that if we respond appropriately, if there's certain things that we do, if there's certain things that we avoid, then we actually, when we have these burning bush moments, when we have these unexpected circumstances come into our lives, that we really can get to a better place. So I'm just curious in your experience, whether it's just been in people that you've encountered or in your own life, what do you think are some of the common barriers that actually cause a person not to be able to take these burning bush moments and actually use them as a tool to create something better? Yes, that's a great question. And I think the couple of things that I've noticed is number one is uh, you you have a voice telling you that, that you can't do it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that voice is sometimes the voice of your past, uh, your your family, or or other people who might have, you know, basically said, "Well, who are you to think that you can do something like this?" Uh, and you need to get past. I, I mean, if you can, you need to read uh, the scriptures that t- tell you, "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." For you know, for an example, yes, uh, uh, and. There are uh, there are other times when you think if I try to do this I'm an imposter because I'm you know I wasn't a filmmaker I wasn't an author before you know I and so you're you're talking yourself out I believe most people talk themselves out of doing what they're supposed to be doing before they get started and right. that you have to be really cautious about and you have to not listen to that there's I think there's the you know you, you have your own voice you have the voice of the enemy that wants to to discourage you. And then you have to listen to the voice of the Lord and uh, and you have to go to scripture. And I think being positive is a real important key. The other thing I would probably uh, say is distractions. Uh, there are things that can distract you. Uh, watching TV, being on, on social media, uh, for me, it's news. I have to I have to pretty much limit any news consumption for me because I'm so interested in all the news. It's a, it's an addiction. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't gotten it bad, but I'm just saying if I start looking at news, I want to read it all because I love history. I love information. Yeah. Uh, and I have a calling of music and film, and I need to stay focused on that calling. And, uh, and so lots of things will distract you. And I think what I have had to do is you have to basically be really pull up the discipline and make a list of 
if you have a calling, well, what's the next thing I need to do about it? Uh, and make a list of what it is and then put some dates in there. And then you give it to the Lord. You pray, you share it with others and say, I think that I'm supposed to do this yeah. and I'm going to make these steps to do it. And I shared with you when I, uh, with my wife, when we first, first got married, I had shared with her, talked with her about being a filmmaker before, while we were dating. And I didn't even know what that really meant or how that would happen. But after we got married, uh, I, uh, I just, I, we were able to get a house and, um, I wanted to put a recording studio in that house. And, uh, so it, that was the vision. And after about a year, I saw a, a, a mixing board and I, you know, talked to my wife about it and we took out a loan and we bought this mixing board and for 18 months, it sat just by itself in a bedroom and I had a towel over it and I would bring people in and I would say, this is our mixing board. And, and we had prayed over it. We said, Lord, this is going to be our recording studio. And we prayed over it and, uh, and I kept, you know, take the towel off and show friends when they came over, this is the studio. Well, you know, that then got paid for and about eight, you know, I, I found a recording tape machine and I prayed over, you know, we got that and it took a long time. It was year after year, but I kept leaning into it as it were, as it were. Yeah. And eventually, uh, we built a recording studio and, uh, What's funny about it is that that mixing board and that recorder, we actually jumped past that. We had to end up selling like it wasn't the right one, but it was the right leaning into the right direction. And I that's my encouragement for people is, is you have to basically, I loved what you said about being committed. You know, I think you have to make that commitment to that goal and then you just have to stick with it. And, and, uh, and in the meantime, you have to continue to stay and maintain your relationship with your family. Uh, and not because I went to film school actually with someone, there was a great evangelist by the name of Billy Sunday, and he was a former baseball player. Uh, and he, he went all around the country and had these great big, he's like the forerunner to Billy Graham. And, um, but sadly he, uh, he had three sons and he was gone so much. He and his wife that his sons be did not uh, uh, become believers. They were actually against all of it because he, in, in a sense, Billy Sunday lost his son. So, and when I was in film school, I went to school with Billy Sunday. He's named Billy Sunday's like great grandson. Ah. And I said to him, I said, are you guys Christians? He goes, ah, oh, no, none of us believe any of that. Wow. And so we don't want that to happen in our lives. For sure. So let's talk a little bit about where that the beginnings of that recording studio has landed you now. So, Tim, I know in my personal life, I know some filmmakers, I know some executive producers and whether they're making something for entertainment, whether they're making something for training or understanding, there's always um, something that they desire that piece to do in order to improve people's lives. So I want to talk a little bit about the most recent film that you all have coming out. So tell us. What is it called? What's it about? And why we should watch it? How, how are we going to be better for watching it? What are we, what, what's going to be the outcome? Well, yes. Thanks for asking that question. Uh, the latest film that I'm working on, I started in 2003, May, you know, in May. And so we're recording here in, in May. And uh, uh, it's, a, it's an accomplishment of 20 years of trying to get somewhere. And people say, well, why would you dedicate so much time? 
And I didn't know that I would be involved with uh, finding evidence for the Bible. And this film is called Journey to Mount Sinai, uh, part two. And now for people listening to this, we actually have a whole series of films, patterns of evidence. The first one investigated the Exodus uh, with the Israelites in Egypt. And then the Moses controversy, as you mentioned, that's about the writing of the Bible and and we're at the beginning of the alphabet. And then that now I've been on four films on the journey to Mount Sinai, the Red Sea Miracle set, and now Journey to Mount Sinai. And this investigation is looking into where where is Mount Sinai and why should we care about it? Yeah. Uh, Mount Sinai was actually the mountain that God chose to speak to, to Moses. And he chose that mountain, that location for the Israelites to come and worship him. And in this film, you're going to actually, I think, be able to experience the journey that the Israelites were on. And one of the things about a journey, each one of us in our faith journey, and some people might uh, that are listening to your podcast might have said, well, I don't know if I really have a faith journey yet. I don't know if I'm really believing in this yet. Well, God's been... God knows who you are, and he's been, has his eye on you, and you might not realize, but there are moments in your life where he's been guiding and directing, and he's been speaking. And the same thing with the Israelites. Uh, they had um, a lot of times that they were worried about dying. They didn't know where they're going to get their next, uh, where their their next meal was coming from, uh, where, the, where the water was coming from, and they thought they might die in the wilderness. Yeah. And God provided for them all along the way. And this is the film about that type of provision. It's a film about where this happened. And I'm going to show you archaeological evidence that looks like it's matching the Bible. And that's uh, very significant because people have said, well, there, there is no evidence for this, and this is just a fairy tale. And this film is about the relationship that God makes with people. Because he's going to say, I want to, I want you to be my people. And God is telling us that he wants us to be his people. He's calling us to himself. And that's why I think this film is such a significant film. And then for people who actually are believers, this film is about the fact that we're created for a purpose and that one of those main purposes is to worship God. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I learned in in the making of the journey to Mount Sinai was that we, all of us are called to worship God, not just when we go to church on Sunday. I actually think we're called to worship God in our own personal lives and find ways to do that. That's awesome. So Tim, we've got to begin to wrap up, but before we do, can you tell us where we can find you on social media and how we can view the film? Yes. Uh, uh, Patterns of Evidence. Uh, we're on Facebook. Instagram, uh, YouTube, Patterns of Evidence channel on YouTube. We have a podcast as well, uh, Patterns of Evidence podcast. And then if you go to PatternsofEvidence.com at our website, you can sign up to become a thinker. And that gives you weekly updates on uh, biblical archaeology, as well as we have a store. And in that store, we've got a lot of these films. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can buy the film, DVD, Blu-ray, or uh, digital download, or rent it. And so there's a whole series. We even have films by others uh, on the Seven Churches of Revelation, which is an investigation there. And so there's just an awful lot uh, for people to, uh, to enjoy and to grow in their faith. 
Awesome. Well, I'm going to make sure the links to all of that is in the show notes. Everybody, make sure that you share, share, share this episode. Make sure that you go watch the movie. We all can learn more about building our relationship with God. We all can learn more about how we make sure that we're doing things that have provision for the journey that God has us on. So thank you for listening to this episode. Tim, thank you for being here. Everyone, not only share this episode, but go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.